The thing holding most salespeople back is their own head. Find out if that's the case for you this week on episode eight of the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. The Why How Yes Sales Podcast is sponsored by Jared James Enterprises and Jarja Media. Real estate agents have roughly a 90% failure rate, and Jared James and Jarja Media offer products and services that don't only help agents succeed, quite frankly, they help it, they make it harder for real estate agents to fail too. Uh, whether it's coaching to hold them accountable, a dedicated marketing rep to help create and implement strategies, transaction coordinators to help do the paperwork for you, or a CRM to uh, help you run your business. Jared James and Jarge Media have the tools you need to succeed. Okay. Enough. Yeah. Let your let you retreat. Hey, salespeople! Welcome to the Why How Yes Sales Podcast, where I help you get to the yes the right way. I'm Red Staffstrom, and I'm here to help you fix your broken sales skills. And actually, um, I'm here to help you fix broken salespeople today. Um, so a lot of us know how important having the right mindset is to sales. Um, we, they've done a lot of different studies. They've reached out to a lot of top performing salespeople and usually one of the top, um, if not the very top, um, solution like the answer in terms of what has helped them the most in terms of getting to the top is mindset it's that eight inches between your ears depending on how big your head is i've got one of those giant ted kennedy heads but how much space between your ears is going to dictate how successful you are and the people who are overwhelmingly negative um, and complain the most usually virtually across the board tend to have the hardest time succeeding in sales. So I want to really address what the best tactics are. How do you like focus on your mindset and how do you get through very difficult times, whether they're personal or professional? Um, so we're again, really going to focus on fixing the broken sales people today, as opposed to fixing the broken sales skills. So um, I'm going to tell you some kind like some of my personal story just so you guys know. Um, I'm not here to give you these lovey-dovey things. I'm not here to tell you, oh, mindset's super important and you need to make sure that you're happy and positive all the time. That's impossible. Um, we're all human beings. I know just living on this planet, you're going to have tough days. That's the way the world works. So what I want to do is kind of walk you through one of the hardest times of my life. And then I'm going to tell you some of the skills that I used in order to get through it. So I, I've heard all the excuses. I've been sick. I've been blah, blah, like all of these things. Um, I've had my own excuses too. And many of them that I'm going to tell you were very valid excuses. Um, honestly, if I was a sales manager and a salesperson who was under me told me one of these things and said, you know what, I'm not really, my head isn't in the game, I'd say understandable. Um, so these, when I say they're excuses, not all excuses are bad. Like there are some excuses that are very valid um, that you need to know. So um, I'm gonna walk you through 
about 90 days of my life um, last late summer fall. So on July 28th, I went to a family party. Um, my wife was 10 weeks pregnant and we figured that that was a great opportunity to tell all my family members who were there that she was pregnant. Two days later, July 30th, she went in for an ultrasound and they didn't detect a heartbeat. So on July 30th, I found out that my wife had a miscarriage. And I, we were obviously devastated. This was her first pregnancy. It was going to be our first child. We were super excited, to, like names picked out, pretty much designed the, um, the layout of the nursery already, and then found out wasn't happening. So about 30 days later, um, it was September 3rd or 4th, it was the Tuesday after Labor Day, um, I got a call that my mother went into the hospital, severe stomach pains, lack of appetite, and a few days later, they did emergency surgery. Um, when I say emergency surgery, um, this was the kind of surgery, 50-50 shot, that she would ever wake up again. So she went under and w like from there was in incubated for the following week. So she survived the surgery, but a week later, like for the following week, she was in the hospital, couldn't speak, had tubes in her mouth and was medically induced um, because she had the incubator tubes and she kept wanting to rip them out. Turns out in the surgery, she, they found massive, a couple of masses on her pancreas. Um, and for those of you guys who know, pancreatic cancer has one of the lowest detection rates until it is absolutely terminal. The, uh, I think it's usually like a 75 or 80% chance that they don't survive the first year. Now I'm pretty good at fixing things. Um, it's one of the points of pride, but this wasn't something that I could fix. It's not like I could have gone to Petco, picked up a fish tank filter and replaced her pancreas for her. Um, it wasn't a skill that I had. Um, but that was maybe mid-September that we got that official diagnosis. Um, beginning of October, we had our big conference. So on October 7th and 8th, I was in Nashville. And I had two whole days where I was pretty much stand, either giving, like hosting breakout sessions or standing behind the tables and selling people and talking about their goals and talking about their problems um, and having to keep it together. Um, by the end of October, the day after um, I got back from Nashville, she officially went into hospice care, my mother, um, who again, I've always been super, super close with, but the day after I came back, um, when I had this pile of sales leads that I had to set up like time and do consults and all of that, I came back and found out my mother was in hospice care and quite frankly just wanted to hide and stay by her bed and stay with her, but I didn't, I couldn't. Um, because that, honestly, she would have been upset with me if I did, but beyond that, um, and I'm getting a little choked up here, um, she knew that I had to provide for my family, and that's what she raised me to do, and she would have been upset if I did anything else. Um, but by the end of the month, we had lost her. Um, 
It got to be too much um, and we lost her on October 27th. Um, now, I, all of this isn't just to bum me out and I, I quite frankly it kind of bumped me out saying it, but um, on a sales aspect, October and November were two of the best months that I ever had in sales. Um, it's kind of weird to say, but as much as I think mindset is the most important thing, um, the techniques that I'm about to teach you were what got you, me through that time. Um, and you could probably even hear in my voice because even now I'm feeling it that it's still cracking up and it still hurts. Um, it's not like I solved any of these problems. It's not like these things don't go on in the back of my head. Um, but I've been able to perform and perform at a very high level despite all of these things going on. Um, so the reason I wanna say this is because I'm not here to give you some lovey-dovey, just push through it, um, like, oh, you'll be fine, suck it up. I'm telling you these things because I did. Um, if I'm not willing to accept even valid excuses from myself, I hope that you're the same way and you're willing to push through your own and produce anyway. Now, don't get me wrong, family is still more important than any job. Um, that's what's going to outlive any accomplishment, any certificate, any plaque. Um, focus on your family needs to come first, but you need to understand that there has to be a line um, where you, there, there's probably, actually there's probably two lines I should say. There's one line where you absolutely have to say, I, I'm not coming into work, it's like my family is more important, but another line where you say, I'm not going to accept this as an excuse. And in between those two, you need to know how to push through and not accept those excuses. So I wanna give you a few tips on how do I push through those couple of months um, where things kind of felt like they were falling apart in my personal life, um, but I was still able to succeed in sales. So the very first one I wanna tell you about is you need to either fake it or you need to fix it. Now, there's a lot of people out there who tell you that you that faking it is wrong. Um, I'm here to tell you that it's impossible not to sometimes. Um, if you don't do that on occasion, then like these problems, like I was talking about with my mother, um, with my wife going through the miscarriage, with all of that, those problems don't get fixed overnight. I'm not suddenly no longer grieving. Um, these things are always on my mind and will be for the foreseeable future. Um, I remember hearing one person explain grief as a box with a ball in it with a button. And when it first starts, they sh that box gets shaken up a lot and the ball hits the button more often. And then gradually, the box moves less. Um, that button, that trigger, that grief is always going to be there, but you need to know um, why it's happening, how it's happening, and avoid moving the box in a way that the ball is going to hit that button. So when it comes to fake it or fix it, you need to fix it. Um, but sometimes you should probably fake it and fix it. Um, work on fixing things as much as you can, but sometimes you just need to push through. Um, you cannot afford, as a salesperson, to wait until things are perfect. That day is never going to come. There is never going to be a day where you don't grieve for a loved one. Um, at least that's been true for me. Uh, and even with loved ones that I've lost, whew, 
25, 30 years ago, I still think about them quite a bit. But you need to know where to draw the line and how to work in a way that makes it the most effective. So you work on fixing it, but sometimes you just have to push through and fake it. The next tip is you need to know how you recharge. Um, and when I talk about recharging, um, generally I talk about introversion versus extroversion. Um, but you need to have specific tactics to know how you're going to recharge your batteries. Um, for me, I'm an introvert, and I know that makes me an oddity in the sales field, but I need to spend time alone and away from people. Um, in order for me to process and work through things, I need to go in the basement and do some word working. I need to listen to a book. If I'm at work and I've only got 10 minutes just to recharge, um, I will go and um, take a walk around the building and just listen to music for five, 10 minutes. Um, but you need to know how to recharge. Don't expect that battery to be back up to 100 at any point, but you can't be running on empty either. You can't risk a shutdown. You need to have your batteries at at least 50% or above, otherwise you could have one bad customer who's going to make you flip out and crash. If you're an extrovert, like I've talked about some of my introvert activities, Go have a conversation that has nothing to do with work. Talk about how horrible Justin Bieber is. Have a few laughs. Like, go out to a show, go out to a bar. Whatever you need to do to get away from the what you need to and recharge the batteries and bring yourself back up to at least 50%, you need to do that. The next step I want to talk about is you need to focus on what you can fix. Like I said, I couldn't go and do surgery on my mother and replace her pancreas with a fish tank filter. That wasn't going to happen. But I could get, get those little victories out of the way. I could put drip campaigns in place to make things a little easier. I could organize the closet. I could just power through and clean up my CRM a little bit. All of those things I could fix and they keep the spiral from continuing going downward. It may just be that little gasp of air, but focusing and creating those little successes when things start falling apart, are going to help you get through when things start falling apart. Yes, it may feel like you're pale, like you've got a pail and you're trying to bail out the Titanic. But trust me, the fact of just doing something, of doing something productive and accomplishing it, is going to feel way better than just sitting there and wallowing. Make sure you focus on what you can fix and doing it, um, no matter how big or small that happens to be. And the last technique I want to address with you, I call it my Superman booth. So you need a place in between where personalities, so to speak. Um, I am obviously very different with when I'm around kids. I don't use a lot of business jargon when I'm around five-year-olds. When I'm around my wife, I'm making a lot more jokes and a lot more immature jokes, quite frankly, than I will on this podcast. It's a different persona that I have to wear when I do that. When I'm in work, I'm talking about things like acquiring new customers and marketing strategies and all of those systems. I can't be this person when I'm at home because quite frankly, my wife would rightly leave me because it's a very boring conversation to have every day. So I need to know where's a safe place to change 
from one personality to another. Now, I call my pickup truck my Superman booth because I'm willing to come in and sit in the office and wear my cape because I can be that person here. Meanwhile, I can't be Superman when I'm at home and I'm taking the dog out. It doesn't make sense. My dog doesn't want to hear about marketing strategies either. So you need to understand that when you're at home, you're at home. When you're at work, you're at work. Same thing when you're out with your buddies, you're a different personality. But you need a place where you can change outfits for each situation you're going into. For me, it's my pickup truck. Um, I know when I come, like, you know Superman. He was fighting, fighting Lex Luthor or he was fighting Doomsday or whoever. He wasn't thinking about the fight that he had with Lois about going to her co-worker's baby shower on Saturday. That, like, that's not going through his head. He is focused on the task of what he has to do. Make sure when you're in whatever situation you need to be in, whether you're at home or at work or wherever, you're focused on being the personality that's going to get it done. Um, I can grieve at home. I can't do that in an office setting. I can go and do what I need to at home, and I can do things in the office I can't do at home, vice versa. Um, I feel much more productive when I'm in the office than I do when I'm doing woodworking or puttering around the workshop or cleaning the kitchen. I don't feel productive doing that kind of stuff. But I fix the problem that's in front of me, um, and I focus on what I can fix in those particular scenarios. So um, I hope this helps. I hope this helps fix the uh, broken salespeople a little bit, even if it's just putting some duct tape on the wounds. Um, don't be afraid to subsist on duct tape for a short while while you fix things that need to be. Um, don't hesitate to call a professional if you need a professional. I want to make sure that you guys know that that is a safe and a good thing to do. Um, sometimes you need a legitimate brain wrangler um, when you're going through things or therapy or group therapy or whatever it is. Reach out if you need help. Um, but you need to fix the problems and focus on what you can fix. So um, once again, this has been episode eight of the Why, How, Yes Sales podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, please be sure to like and subscribe if you're watching the video. Uh, be sure to follow if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or CastBox or Pocket Cast, any of those. Um, that really Make sure to review if you can. It really helps the channel. Um, once again, this has been Red Staffstrom. Uh, I look forward to seeing you guys here next week on the Why, How, Yes Sales podcast where I will continue to help fix your broken sales skills.